You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 244 of the Make It British podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Oscar Boatfield, who is one of the co-founders of accessory brand Bear Made, who make all of their bags in the UK. And if ever there was a great example of a business doing the right thing by both the planet and its customers, then Bear Made is definitely it. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Oscar. Here you go. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I have got a really fantastic guest on the show who makes bags for wildish people. So what does that all mean? Let's find out. Let's bring on Oscar from Bear Maids. Hello, Oscar. How are you? Very good, thank you. How are you doing, Kate? Good, good. So I first found out about you, Oscar, because a member of my team said, you have got to check out this Bear Maid brand. They make all their bags in the UK. And I couldn't believe I'd not actually heard of you before. So I'm really glad okay. I found you. And I became a customer of yours, got one of your bags, absolutely love it. Um, and that's why I wanted to get you on the show today. Amazing. So do you want to start by telling everyone how did Bear Maid come about? How long have you been going? And what is um, what were you doing before you set up Bear Maid? Sure. So probably easier to start with what I was doing before I started Bear Maid, which is so for the last probably like ten years, I guess I've been working as a professional fly fisherman. So guiding, writing, all that kind of stuff to to try and make a living from that. And uh, when we started Bear Made, I was living, actually living in Hampshire and working down there. And uh, I was in a coffee shop one afternoon and I bumped into Nell, who my, is now my business partner slash wife. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she basically said that she had wanted to do more fly fishing and had done it before, but was very intimidated by that whole industry and like how much stuff you needed and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it's a real shame. And then, yeah, we spent a few you know, months fishing together and talking and things. And I, eventually I got to a point where I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we just made like a little bag that would just take kind of the bare essentials? Um, a very simple fishing bag. And also around that time, I'd been in the process of starting a charity, which ultimately didn't work out, but it was focused on using fishing as a tool to help people with uh, mental health difficulties, which is something that we're both Nell and I are really passionate about, suffer from, and, you know, it kind of is a big, big part of our everyday lives. And uh, 
I sort of thought, okay, well, why don't we make these bags and then try and use the money that we make from the bags to fund, fund those workshops. Anyway, quite long story short, we've been doing, we start, we could, that was about four years, five, four years ago now. My timelines are pretty poor. Um, <laughs> that's where Nell comes useful. But we started that about four years ago and, you know, it wasn't long before we were like, actually, maybe, you know, we did, we basically made a backpack for fishing, which other people started buying. And we were like, oh, actually, maybe this kind of works for other things. And then we were, that backpack was featured in Wired and we were actually called Bare, we were called Bare Minimal at the time, but it was a bit confusing. They called us Bare Maid. Uh, and so we were like, well, we've gone from complete obscurity to slightly less obscurity. <laughs> so uh, perhaps that, and we did ask them to change it, but they just didn't get back to us. Um, so we were like, well, okay, that's, that's our name now. And, Brilliant. Uh, and it stuck. And yeah, and then just sort of from there, we've, you know, the first prototype we made was awful. Um, we made it on Nell's granny stone machine and it was completely on size. And <laughs> Then I started making the prototypes. They were also awful. Thankfully, we found Amy, who is our amazing bag maker in Suffolk. Like she is just like watching her work is just unreal. Her abilities. Yeah. Um, and we've just been so fortunate since then, and, and we've just sort of grown very slowly. We've got no like intention of being a huge business. We're just quite happy, just growing slowly and you know, being responsible for everything we make and love yeah. it. Love it. So what a wonderful kind of start story. to a story. I can't believe you were a professional fly fisherman. That, I know. That's pretty cool. I, there's not many of us. There's not many of us. But yeah, no, that's that's sort of it really until probably up until this year it's been my kind of still the sort of main thing that I've done. And then but probably in the last year the bags have now overtaken from that to to slightly yeah. yeah, love it. I mean, one thing that you did very well there, you, you you make it sound like so easy and like it happened by accident. But what you did really well, which I'm always telling people to do, is pick a really specific niche and understand who your customer mm. is and then make your product for just that customer, even though other people 100%. will buy it. Because I bought one of your bags, but I'm not a fly fisher person. <laughs> but no. I do like no. being outdoors. But Completely. you didn't try and appeal to everyone when you first launched. You just no. To a very specific, was that intentional or was that an accident? So I knew that, like, so I I, I knew that I had not much of one, but a, a certain amount of a platform within that sport. So I was like, okay, well, it makes sense that we could get get this bag in amongst that industry, and it, and it did, and it did actually go really, really well. Um, focusing on that niche, and it's just it's just so much easier to market with a niche like. I can't even imagine what it would be like just being like, oh, yes, I'm going to make a mass market <laughs> product and just crack on because that just sounds super intimidating. Um, but like now we're not, you know, we're not a fly fishing brand at all anymore. We have, we do still have a fly fishing bag, but that's under a separate brand. Um, but it's been really nice that it's been able to just happen kind of organically from just going in a direction. And, and still we're, we're in a, you know, we are in that niche of like what you would probably describe as an outdoor lifestyle brand. You know, we don't make sort of bags for climbing up Everest necessarily, but 
you know, we make bags for everyday use and a bit of outdoor use. And, you know, it's mostly our bags are bought for just using every day. For wildish people. That's why I love people that like to be out, like to be outdoors. And that's, I think, another one of the reasons why we discovered you, because Michelle on my team, I think, stumbled across your website. And then we got a pop-up that came on the screen, which I tell everyone about because I think it's so clever, that rather than saying, join our newsletter and we'll give you 10% off, it's like, do you like being outdoors? Download our guide to being outdoors. And of course you think, yeah, that yeah. sounds good. So you put your email address in. And then this amazing, like really detailed guide to being outdoors comes through into your inbox, which is a really valuable thing to have. So... How Thank does you. that does that work well for you? I imagine it probably does because I, I've been telling everyone to go and download your guide <laughs> and it's such a good thing to do other than give a discount if you're trying to get people on your newsletter yeah. list. How many people yeah. do you get opting into that and does it work well? Do people go on to become customers? I think they do go on to become customers. I don't, we, you know, we're not getting like tens of thousands of people signing up, you know, but but maybe a, a few a day. And and I and and I and I'm really averse to discounts i don't really like discounts so if, yeah. if i was going to discount the product i'd sell it for that much less in the first place i i, I find them really yeah I, i've always been a bit yeah kind of uncomfortable with that idea um and actually i think our products are really great and i don't think i think they're worth what they are so um yeah i, I think giving a 10 percent discount to sign up is a really difficult one um Although we definitely would get more signups if we did that, I think, because it's a much more simple equation of being like, here's 10% off your order. However, I think the quality of like the the lead the lead quality is much higher, if that makes yeah. sense. When you're, you know, offering something. Because like that that guide isn't like a you know, five minute, let's put something together. We spent like two months on that, you know, it was like you a can real tell. You know, we really put a lot of effort into it and, and it's stuff that we've learned over a really long time. And it's, it's, it's about getting outside, but it's about getting outside with purpose and, and how the outdoors can really benefit your, your well-being. But it's not, you know, I think a lot of people are talking along the lines of like, just get outside, it will be good for you. You know, which, which is 100%, but there are also things that you can do within that, which just, you know, sort of massively increase that. Um, those benefits. Yeah, definitely. I think you. I found through your guide, um, Kamut, is it called the app that you can yeah. use to track? I'm loving that. So good. Loving so it, good. yeah. So yeah. it was really useful. And it wasn't, you weren't just promoting your business. You were mentioning no, other things that you know people that would be into your space would be interested yeah. in. And then I noticed yeah. that you also do meetups as well. How do they, does that work well yeah. for you to kind of get your mega fans together? <laughs> So, so actually, it's not it's it's not really about that so much. It's more uh, just so. So I mentioned earlier that when we started the bag brand, we wanted to start this sort of work mental health workshop kind of thing. You know, essentially, we we this is the progression of that. It's not, and now it's nothing to do with mental health or anything like that. It's just how can we help people get outdoors, and we use our bag business to to help fund those things and you know so we what we've started is called the wildish club uh we say it's a bit like cubs but for <laughs> everyone um, you know particularly adults as well so i think 
you know, it's, it's very difficult when you sort of turn 18 or, or older to, you suddenly lose a lot of those structured outdoorsy things. Mm. Um, you know, obviously there's like very niche outdoor clubs, but if you're not into that niche in a massive way, it's quite intimidating. And, you know, so we started the Wildish Club to just be like, we're going to do some fun stuff outdoors. If you'd like to come with us, you're very welcome. <laughs> and it's been amazing. Like, you know, since we started the Wildish Club, you know, we were really struggling where we live. We live in the Yorkshire Dales. It's very isolated. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's really, you know, it's in that sense, it's spectacular. But there's not many people here. And it's really hard to meet people that are here. Um, and we were becoming quite isolated. You know, we were working from home, working together, living. You know, we do sort of live as much in the middle of nowhere yeah. as you can in England. And, uh, yeah, we, we were struggling with that. And since we started the Wildish Club, our sort of friendship group has grown tenfold and we suddenly feel like we've got a community of people. And, you know, the, the mental health difficulties that we have seem to have, you know, they, they'll always, they're always going to be around and rear their head from time to time. But to be honest, they're hardly at all now, which is wow. amazing. That's ama yeah, that is amazing. And you mentioned the word of commu about community there, and I think that is mm. so important. When you're building a, you know, a small brand, it is about having a community and having people that yeah. that want to buy your products because they're made specifically for them and they want to be part of your community. Rather, yeah. which is why not doing that discount at all is, is you know, it's just so important. Um, yeah. You touched on let's. Go back to you touched on Amy, who I know well, who makes your bags yeah. for you. Um, does she make all of your bags? Because you said you originally did some of the sampling of yourself, which I love the fact yeah. that you kind of bootstrapped it to the point where you yeah. got, you know, got the sewing machine out and started making them yourself. So Amy makes everything. She does. What are your plans as the business grows if Amy can't possibly make everything for Bear Made? What will you do then? So this is this is where we are quite different. We don't want to grow beyond Amy, if that makes sense. You know, we think, mm. I think it's, you know, there's, there's a, the, as far as I'm concerned, there's like a clear issue with the way that we have built businesses in the past and the way we've sort of structured stuff around, essentially around exponential growth. It's like, oh, we've had a great year, but next year is going to be way better. You know, I think that, I don't think you can sort of talk about trying to be a sustainable, responsible business and then talk about that as well, if that makes sense. You know, because yeah. it, to me, it, to me, those just don't align at all. Um, so it, it became, you know, we, we've worked out that Amy can make about 25 of our like bags this one yeah mate. yeah I'm so confused where my hands are <laughs> uh, so this this bag that's behind me here is sort of the bag we sell more of than than any of our others and she can make about 25 of those a week so yeah. I think if we can just work on that premise I think that'd be awesome like you know if if we really did want to grow then perhaps we'd start selling in other countries but what will the way that we'll do that is we will find a maker within that country when, you know, we also yeah. only sell our bags in the UK. We don't, you know, again, it's that whole sort of like, we're working hard to be as responsible as we can as a business. Suddenly then like, 
you know, working really hard to keep all of our carbon footprint nice and small, and yeah. then we put it on a plane. You know, it's just yeah, it's that, crazy. That, that just doesn't line up at all to us. So I think if we're going to make something in and sell it, sell stuff in other countries, then we will find a make a small maker like Amy in another country, um, and we will share the business for that country with that person, and we will just just work in that way. And, and yeah, that we feel much more comfortable with so. So yeah, we might end up making twenty-five bags a week in England, twenty-five bags a week in America, twenty-five bags that a week in Germany. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah and that's cause... our kind of. If we are to grow, that would be how we do it. Yeah, because although my make it, you know, my business is called Make It British. I almost wish I hadn't labelled it as British because actually, mm. for me, it has always been about making locally. Because I yeah. worked, you know, for big corporate companies that just shipped everything all around the world. It was about mm-hmm. making things in the UK for people that wanted to buy it locally. And so I think what you're doing makes total sense. It, it just, yeah. It's just crazy shipping products all over the place. Um, well, that being said, where do you get your fabrics from? Because there is a limitation to what fabrics you can yeah. buy in the UK. So, it's been, so that's been the hardest thing is, is sort of where we can store stuff from. So... Our, our fabric is an organic cotton that comes is, is grown and milled in India. That yeah. then gets shipped over here to British Millerain where they dye it in Leeds and they yeah. proof it in Rochdale. Um, our webbing comes from Bama Bond in Sheffield. Oh yeah, brilliant. Uh, uh, and then and that's that's which those those are the two absolute main parts of the materials that we use right in our bags. So the vast majority of the materials are from British-based businesses. So then it becomes really difficult beyond that. So like our buckles on top of the bags, they come from Austria-Alpin in Austria, which we then yeah. get sent by road to here. But they are just like the best buckles ever. They're, they're ridiculously good and they last forever and they have a really satisfying noise when they're close. <laughs> they do, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we were like, you know, and, and then our zips come from Switzerland, which we use on our small bags and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but it is really difficult. I, I tried so hard to try and get cotton, like sort of fabric that was maybe milled here or something, but just it suddenly becomes quite cost prohibitive. And I mm. never, ever wanted to make something that, you know, I'm very conscious that our bags aren't cheap at all. Right. But I never wanted to make something that was going to be a five, six, seven hundred pound bag because, you know, I grew up on a council estate with like no money. So I can't, I, I struggle being like, oh, 200 pounds, mm. which yeah. actually is actually great value for what our products are. Yeah, because they're beautifully it, made. Thank you. But if it, if it was, you know, going up that significant increase, it's just suddenly like, again, it's that whole like sustainability only being available to people who have a lot of money, which I also just not comfortable with. No, I completely understand where you're coming from. And a lot of people say that about British made products. They are going to be a little bit more expensive because the salaries and the wages here are more expensive. However, if you buy something that's made here, that's made really well and it's made 
it's not trend driven, but it's, you know, mm. it was made to last and it, it will last you a lifetime. Then it's worth investing in it because, you know, the bag that I bought from you, you can tell it's fantastic thick webbing. That's not going to break or fray. Yeah. The buckles, like you say, are very satisfying. Um, yeah. The zips on them are really good quality and the cotton on it's really nice and thick. So and the seams yeah. are really well constructed because obviously they're made slowly because Amy can only make five a day. So, yeah. You can tell that it will last forever and you don't do them in kind of trend-driven colours. So, Not yeah, I think yeah. it's it's. I think they're very reasonably priced for what they are. You do also do transparent pricing, don't you? So yeah. tell everyone a little bit more yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's – I've worked in sort of – I've worked in retail before and I sort of – as soon as I kind of learned what stuff started was actually costing to make, and how much companies were charging for it, I was like, this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is just completely wrong, you know, making stuff for next to nothing in, in China or wherever and charging, you know, 10 times, you know, 100 times, huge, huge price increases from what the product actually cost to make. And I was just like, I feel so uncomfortable about this. So when, you know, pretty early on in starting the brand, I was like, Actually, I think it's, I think even people will value it more if they know what's gone into it, which, you know, it goes against a lot of advice I had. You know, a lot of people are like, what are you doing, Oscar? Yeah. People are gonna, <laughs> no one's going to buy that. But actually the opposite happened, you know, and, and people really appreciate it and they appreciate the honesty and it shows mm. that, you know, it, it's just kind of is standing behind our values to a certain degree. Because I think the, the reality is for a lot of products, if we knew the cost price and how much they were charging it, no one would buy it. Because exactly. business, business for a long time has, to a certain degree, been built behind this like curtain. And it's like, yeah. you, you only see this little outside bit that's all pretty and nice. And then there's all this stuff going on behind the curtain. Which yeah, really all the other and stuff that you're paying for in that product, you're yeah, paying for yeah. all the, the, the cost, the advertising and the expensive models yeah. that they use and agency this and that. Yeah, and yeah. when the big retail is, it's all about the stores and the cost of the, yeah, the staff sure. in the stores. So do you, just, do you just sell through your website or do you do, you do any other form of um, sort of promotion or marketing? Yeah. Is everything done through the website? So yeah, we just just sell through our website and our shop that I'm in right now. We we opened a shop in in Pateley Bridge, our local town, uh, just a couple of months ago now. Which is sort of we we have our bags, but we also sell some coffee and some other like wonderful things from lovely British brands. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, so but but we made we've made a really sort of conscious decision not to sell into other shops. Um, yeah. Again, it's that it's that whole whole margin thing. Suddenly, just you know, we would have to double the price of our products, or we would have to significantly cut the costs of making it. Neither of which I particularly want to do. And we mm. do live in an age now where direct consumer sales is pretty normal, and people aren't horrified by that thought. Um, again, I'd love to kind of because the bags like feel great and when you pick them up you know you get they're very tactile um so it'd be lovely to have come up sort of try and work out a way where 
we could get them into more people's hands without that traditional retail model. Um, I just haven't, haven't worked that out yet. <laughs> do you think you will ever expand out of bags? Or do you, do you sit, you must sit there, the two of you, and think, oh, what about if we did a bag like this or did a bag like that? Um, yeah. Or how many, you know, because you've got how many styles in the range? Half a dozen max? Yeah, yeah, about that six, six or seven. Um, yeah, it's, it is very difficult. It, our range was bigger, actually, at one point. Um, but then we cut it down because we were just like, just, just marketing a few bags, right? It's hard enough, you know, suddenly trying to market like 10, 12 bags. You're like, oh, this is yeah, so true. a lot of work. And um, too much choice as well for people if you yeah. give them too many different styles to choose from. Yeah, completely. We do have this slightly weird thing where, which, which you might be able to enlighten me on this actually, Kate. Um, you may have come across it before, but so the, the most expensive product we sell, which is that bag, that bag behind me, uh, is our bestseller by an astronomical margin, um, which but which doesn't necessarily follow like traditional business um, sense, you know, because typically, right, most businesses have an expensive one, a cheap one, people buy the middle one, right? So, yeah, I don't know if you've come across that kind of thing before. Well, I think it's more if people can see the value in something. Yeah. So if they think the cost of the big, how much is the big one compared to the smallest one? Because maybe people think, actually, I've only got to pay a little bit more to get the, the big one. And because mm. you're so good at explaining the value of your bags and you're not selling them just on price, maybe people see that big one as being fantastic value. And yeah. do you make less profit? and less margin on the bigger one than you do the smaller ones. And maybe that's why maybe people, because it is, how much is the big bag? 215. So yeah, that is a bargain. Yeah, it (laughs) is. Because the small one was about a hundred, I think. So the one, the the little one one you've got. Yeah. uh, That was 65. 65. Okay. But if you think of the size of it, and the yeah. other one's just over it's got three and a half times the price. It's more than three yeah. and a half times the size, isn't it? The actual yeah, volume yeah. you can get into that. Plus also your the your typical, you know, customer that buys your products probably wants the one they can pack everything into because they're not yeah. like me. I bought it to go out for a dog walk of like 45 minutes to an hour. So yeah. I need a few things in it. Whereas if they're yeah. going out hiking for the whole day, they will yeah. buy the bigger one. Yes, I think that's true. And I think also it's, I think... A lot of people who are buying our bags are buying them for commuting, really. And I think that big ah, one is sort yeah. of perfect, perfect On kind your of bike. size that, yeah, it's, yeah, takes your computer and all of that stuff. So I think that's, that's probably why. But it's just quite an interesting one because it's sort of something I've been racking my brain around. But, yeah. yeah, I reckon that's why. And plus it's a fantastic bag. Um, and have <laughs> you seen your, your costs going up recently? And what have yeah. you done to um, what have you done about that? So yeah, so costs are going up all the time. Uh, we had to put our prices up for the first time in ages, and that was really hard. And I was terrified about it. To be honest, I was sort of like, you know, uh, it kind of feels like you're going to suddenly stop selling completely overnight. Uh, and we didn't, thankfully. It it it. I, you know, potentially we're selling more, maybe a little bit. 
uh, since putting our prices up. So, but but you know, we really we were very honest about it. Like, I can't. I, I one something that I really like hate is when you. So I've been looking at something for a while, and you know, when you've eventually decided to buy it, you go back and that they've suddenly increased the price massively and not told you, and you're like. You know, I, I really don't like that. So we were really open about it, and we, you know, gave people the opportunity. You know, we sort of gave people a week's notice, and like, look, we 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 have to increase our prices because of X, Y, Z. Um, you know, but for the next week, we're they're going to stay the same. And if you've been saving up for a while, then now's your chance to get one before we before we put the prices up. Um, but yeah, I think I think. You know, we, we're fortunate again in that they are of a certain value that you know it, that that that's not su- didn't have such an impact. Um, but yeah, you know, the the frustrating thing is our prices are still going up. Um, so we may have to do the same again. Um, you know, in in six months' time. But you know, I, I had some advice earlier this year, um, which was. Uh, so obvious, but really kind of hit home, um, which was essentially, you know, if you've got a business that's not that's selling stuff but not making money, then you don't really have a business, um, which is very valid and something that I keep having to remind myself because, you know, as as hard as it feels to put those prices up, also you've got to be really honest with yourself and go, okay, well. If, if I don't put these prices up, then I don't really have an effective business because, you know, you can't just have a business that always breaks even, right? That's not not an ideal situation to be as a business. I mean, it can be if you're sort of giving away your profits to charity, great. But like, you know, we currently don't really take a salary from, uh, from the business. We just keep reinvesting everything. Um, so, yeah, so it's... so. There's probably going to be a point where we have to put our prices up again. Um, yeah, yeah. And, that's so. And yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's so true. That's what I'm always saying to people. If you if you're not you're making a profit on your products, then you haven't got a business, and then you yeah. can't continue to serve the customers who love your products. So, so exactly. people that love your bags are you know waiting for the next color to come out or saving up for yeah. one. If you were to go out of business because you'd not made any profit then exactly. that would be even more de- disappointing to Exactly. Them. And I think, I think the other thing is, is it, it's where we're very fortunate is it that we really do try and price our products fairly. So we've still got a huge amount of wiggle room in relation to similar products of a similar quality. Um, so we, I think we will be able to keep you know, if we have to, we can increase our prices a bit more and still be considered good value, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Nell's still working in another job as well, is she? What What was her no. background? No, so Nell, Nell was working as a vet until <sighs> uh, October last year. So she's, she's just had her one-year anniversary of not being a vet. Yeah. which has been brilliant. Um, you know, life is much better now. <laughs> it's a very stressful, challenging yeah. job. Yeah, what sort of animals was she dealing with? Was it people's pets? She did both, yeah. So she Gosh. started with large animals, then went on mm. to doing small animals. But, yeah, not 
you know, it, it really wasn't good for her mental health, not good for her physical imagine. health, not really good, yeah. just full stop. Um, and, you know, at the first possible opportunity, we were like, that, just, just stop. And sort of this time last year, we could see that the bags were really sort of, it was kind of a proper business and it was starting to make money and take off. And I was like, let's let, stop that. I can't manage all this stuff on my own. Um, and, and she joined, joined Bear Made and it's been awesome. You know, it's brilliant. It's amazing working with your wife. It's has its challenges. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Um, I've done that in know, the past with a past business. I couldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think particularly working together from home, and living in that space too was just too yeah. much. Like since we've taken the shop here, it's it's been really brilliant. And what do you split up? One of you in the shop, one of you at home. Yeah, we do a little <laughs> bit. But even, even just being here and having sort of other people sort of bringing it down, you know, sort of taking the pressure off a little yeah. bit is, is really beneficial. Yeah, otherwise you just live and breathe bare maid. Oh, yes. Oscar, brilliant. Yeah. You've been an amazing guest. Can you just tell everyone where's pleasure. the best place to find you, to find bare maid? How can they, what's the address for your shop? Where, what's your social media? So we are about halfway up the high street in Pateley Bridge, if you want to come by for a cup of coffee and a chat, or we're uh, on Instagram. We're at maid underscore UK. Uh, or www.bearmade.co.uk. That is that is where you'll find us. Brilliant. Oscar, thank you so much. You're an absolute superstar. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kate. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash make it British LTD. That's make it British with the letters LTD. Bye bye. Bye.